Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. I'm so glad you came to church today. I'm glad that you're here in the middle of summer and you got it. We've got a special treat planned for you today. We're so thankful that you're here. We have a special guest with us, good friend of mine, Pastor Justin Cotto Fraley. They pastored in the Los Angeles area for over 20 years until recently when the Lord kind of challenged them to move into a new season of their life and ministry. And God called them from that coast to this coast. And God called them to come and they're going to be planning in January a spirit-filled, life-giving church in Washington, D.C. Amen. Isn't that awesome? How many of you know we need some good churches in Washington, D.C.? We sure do. Amen. So we are so glad they're here. And uh, I told them before, I said, you know, welcome to Virginia. And since they're here and since they came from cold, clammy California, why don't we welcome Pastor Justin, give him a good, warm Virginia welcome. Tell him it's good to see him in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Why don't we stand to our feet? And before we get started, and keep playing for me, if you would, just for a few moments, play something romantic because I sound spiritual. Um, why don't we take just a moment and extend our hands and let's give Jesus some praise and worship. Come on, can you do that from the bottom of your heart? From the depth of your soul, Jesus, we honor you. We welcome you. We welcome you into this, into this place. Thank you, Jesus. How many are glad to be in church today? Are you glad to be here? Thank you, uh, Pastor Buddy and uh, Pastor Robin. This is my, my first time to be with you guys, but uh, we have uh, known your pastors for many, many years. And um, they are wonderful, integrous people. They lead with integrity and lead with heart. How many are thankful for your leaders, for your pastors? Come on, you can give it up. You can do better than that. So we are um, glad to be here. My wife is here with me on the front row, backing me up. And my two kids are, uh, are, they, are they in kids' life? They are in kids' life. And I have four kids. And people say, well, you must like kids. I'm like, no, I actually like my wife. And um, that leads to fruitfulness. In case you didn't know, that's how it works. Um, but pray for us. Um, they're kind of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Death, famine, pestilence follows. <laughs> 
Oh, no, they're, 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 they're wonderful, except for the younger two that are here. The older two are, you know, we, we, um, we ended up, you guys can be seated. I'm sorry. Sit down. We um, ended up having them much, much later in life. And um, there's a whole story behind that. I'll just say that it was a near-death experience. My wife's always wanted four kids. I was always like two and out. And uh, after coming back from the brink of death in 2014, God did an absolute miracle in my life. And we ended up having two more amazing, wonderful kids. And ended up blowing up our life. Um, about six years later, after almost 20 years of pastoring in, uh, in the Los Angeles area, being born and raised there, God called us to step out and uh, to go somewhere that was, you know, cheaper and no traffic or anything. We're from L.A. and we are in the D.C. metro area now. Um, it's going great. Um, it, it, it feels like home. So, I mean, everything, everything that people complain about there, I'm like, you know, it's, it's not that bad. It's, compared to L.A., it's, it's minor. But, um, but we are launching in January and actually have a couple of our team members on the launch team, Andreas and Jerrica right there on the second row. So thankful that they are joining us, joining us today. And uh, so keep us in prayer as we, as we move towards, uh, towards January and believe that God's going to do incredible, incredible things. Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? Can I ask you to do that? Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse number 36. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he'll tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says, the old is good. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments about this, this subject, the new begins with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the new begins with you. Turn to somebody else, the new begins with you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church. I thank you for your people. And I pray for the next few moments that um, our understanding would be open and that we would be changed and challenged by your word. And we thank you in advance for this. Holy Ghost, you are the teacher. And I pray that you would be in this room and that we would leave different in the way that we came. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. So the last two years have been marked by change, transition. Some have referred to it as the Great Reset, and I'm not here to talk about political or social issues or to give any commentary on that. I just, 
I want to, I want to challenge you to look beyond some of the challenges that we are facing as a nation and that you've no doubt faced as an individual, maybe as a family. I want us to look beyond that and focus on what God is up to in this season. God is not shocked by the latest news notification on your smartphone. God is not bothered. God is not, oh my God, what am I going to do to himself? You know. He is not caught off guard by what's happening in our world, what's happening in our culture, and he's up to something massive. But if we're not careful, the enemy will try to rob us of our God-given destiny by causing us to park at the end of a particular season and telling us just to stop moving forward. But the scripture says that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or remember. Is that what it says? No, no. It says he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine or think. And so many of us in this, in this season of change, we've said, man, if we can just get back to normal or my life is never going to be as good as it was, I'm never going to have peace again like I had it before. I may, maybe somebody said, I'm never going to have love in the same way that I had it before. I'm never going to have significance in the same way that I had it before. Maybe some of you are missing joy in your life or closeness with God. I want to tell you and encourage you that there is a new that is waiting for you. There is a new season that is waiting for you. There is a new that God has for you, but the new always begins with you. You cannot be who you're going to be and who you used to be at the same time. Paul said, being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. But in our passage, Jesus tells a, a parable, which his style of teaching is that he would, he would tell a parable, which literally means a parallel truth that was, that was relevant to the people that he was talking to. They understood what he was talking about. And he presented this, this, this idea of a a, a wineskins, old wineskins and, and new wine. And in that culture, vineyards were very prevalent. So there's no doubt that, that maybe he was even gesturing to a, a local vineyard when he began to give this, this illustration. And there's two main ideas that come from this, this story, this idea that Jesus is presenting. Number one, God wants to do something new in your life. The second part is that the new thing that God wants to do requires change from you. And change is not easy. And when you look into the text, you'll, you'll understand that in the life of Jesus, the people that he was actually talking to, the people that he was telling this, this parable to, many of them 
could not accept or receive the new thing that he was doing. Jesus is ushering in a new covenant. Jesus is ushering in a brand new reality. And so his presence, the coming Messiah, is bringing a new era in the plan of God. He said, I'm going to show you a new way of understanding the law. I'm going to show you a new way of worship. I'm going to show you a new kind of rest. The old way will not fit into the new. You're not going to be able to take the new that I'm trying to give you. You're not going to be able to fit my work into the thought forms and the behaviors of John's movement, the Pharisees. He said, it's, it's, not, it's not compatible. You cannot mix the grace and the law. You cannot mix striving and performing with rest. He said, the old clothing cannot handle, cannot handle what's coming. The old wineskins cannot handle the new wine that I'm bringing. And with God, I want to remind you that what's next is always better. It might be painful, but it's always better. Change is difficult, but what's coming is always better. But many could not handle the change. And Jesus was crucified by a lot of people that could not handle the change and could not embrace the new thing that he was doing. And so in this, in this parable, in this, um, this story that Jesus is telling, there are three main characters that are found in the story. Number one is new wine. Everybody say new wine. New wine. And new wine is the new thing that God is wanting to do. It represents blessing. It represents growth. It represents new opportunities. It represents new seasons. It represents new levels, new relationships, uh, new assignments. In this case, it was a whole new covenant. It's all the things that we're wanting, right? We're wanting the new thing that God is wanting to do. We're wanting the next level. We're wanting the next blessing. We're wanting the next assignment that he has for us. All throughout the Bible, anytime that he talks about the new thing that he wants to do, New wine is always connected to new things. Genesis 27, 28. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So it represents the new thing that God is wanting to do. But sometimes the greatest enemy to what God is wanting to do is the thing that he's already done. He's, he's wanting to do a new thing. But a lot of times we get so addicted and connected with what he's done that we fail to, to, to grasp what he's trying to do right now. They were looking for the new to look like the old. They were so addicted to the law that they could not experience grace. And so he's saying, I need you to remember my faithfulness, but I need you to forget the formula of how it came. Because the new thing that I'm doing, you're not going to be able to perceive it if you are looking for it to look like the thing that I have already done in your life. How many are wanting God to do something new in your life? Come on. It's going to look different. Turn to your neighbor and say it's going to look different. 
So the first thing is new wine. The second thing is wineskins. That's you and me. He's talking about me and you. We're the ones that have to be able to carry, hold, and possess the new thing that God wants to do. He wants to do something. He says, but I need carriers, vessels to be able to facilitate what I'm trying to do. And so Jesus talks about wineskins and he says that uh, old wineskins cannot handle new wine. Now, what was a wineskin? A wineskin was, was made of goat skin. And the master winemaker would take the skins of the goat and sew them together into something that was like a bag or a vessel. And he would then would flip it inside out and would coat it with, uh, coat it with wine. And then he would let it dry out. And it was this soft, supple, pliable vessel And he would uh, then pour new wine into the wineskin. And through the process of fermentation, as the wine aged, the wine would expand. Because wine is live. And so there's... There is a, uh, the, the, the chemical makeup of this causes expansion. And so the expansion of the wine in the new wineskin, it would stretch it until it was ready to bust. And then once it reached a place of full expansion as it would age, then it would become hard, brittle, and inflexible. And so when that wine was, was poured out, It had carried out its assignment and its purpose. But if you study the culture, most of the time, these vessels would not be discarded. But it would go through, the vessel would go through a process of being made new again. And the point that Jesus is making in this parable is that the end of something great in your life does not mean it is the end of your life. The end of a chapter does not mean it's the end of a book. The end of one thing is the beginning of another thing. He's the God of exceeding greatness. He says, we're closing one chapter and you've been poured out in this season, but I've got something new for you. There's another level and there's another place that I'm trying to take you if we'll stay open to what he's trying to do. And if we want God to do this in our life, we have to be willing to commit to the process of renewal, the process of being made new again. He said, if you'll commit to the process of being made new again, I'm going to continue to bring the new into your life over and over and over again. And it's going to age. And he said, no one says they don't like the old one. Everybody, there's nothing wrong with the old one. In fact, it tastes great. But, but you're going to reach a point where your life is poured out. The end of that level, the end of that assignment is over and we start over again and we've got to commit to the process of renewal and let him make us completely new again so that we're ready for the new thing that he's wanting to do. It's easier said than done though, isn't it? Change is necessary, but change is so hard. And the new thing that God wants to do It always starts in you. And so the process of renewal looks something like this. Number one, you soak it in the water. 
And the thought I want to bring to you is this. To me, it represents a new way of thinking. A new way of thinking. If we want to step into the new that God has for us, our minds have to be renewed. We've got to think different. We've got to, come on, we've got to think different. We've got to think different. We got to think about new thoughts and, and new dreams. We got to get in environments where our thinking is challenged. We got to get around the right people. We've got to set in environments where God's word is being preached continually and we're, we're being stretched and it's not group think and it's not negative thinking, but our mind is in a process of being renewed. We're being soaked in the water of his word and our mind is being renewed. Come on. That's why it's important for us to set under the teaching of God's word, but we can't just set under the teaching of God's word every single day of our life. We've got to open up God's word and say, God, make me new again. Renew my mind, renew my thinking. Give me your thoughts. Let me think the way that you think. Ephesians 5.26 says, by the washing with water through the word. Come on, you got to soak in it. You got to soak in it. You got to get in environments where you're soaking in God's word. And and Paul wrote this in Romans 12 too. He said, you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, our life will be changed when our mind is changed. If you change the way that you think, you'll change the way that you are. And if you change the way that you are, you'll ultimately change the way that you live. We are products of our culture. And oftentimes we interpret the world through our mental conditioning. There are forces and voices that are trying to shape the way that we think. Culture is trying to shape the way that we think. The media is trying to shape the way that we think. And we've got we've to let God's word be the number one influencer. And say, listen, I'm going to hear other things, but the only thing I'm going to soak in is God's word. It's important who we hang out with. It's important who we do life with. I've got to renew my mind. And as I renew my mind, God's going to start renewing my mind and creating new mental pathways to better thinking and, and better possibilities. And I'm going, to, I'm going to move beyond these self-limiting beliefs. And I'm going to have breakthrough because slowly my mind is going to be renewed by God's word. Ephesians 4.23 says, be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the wineskin would be soaked in water. It would be drip dried. And the next part of the process is it would be coated with oil. And this process to me represents a new anointing. You need a new anointing for every new season. Come on, don't make me get churchy here, but every new level, there's a new devil. Come on, somebody. Come on. There, you, you, the anointing that you had yesterday is not going to sustain you in today's fight and today's battle. The thing that you're going through now, you need God to give you a fresh anointing for today. We need a fresh anointing in our family. We need a fresh anointing for our career. We need a fresh anointing for our parenting. Every aspect of our lives, we got to say, God, pour out your oil. Pour out your anointing. I need it. I need it. Yesterday's anointing wasn't good enough. 
Come on. Yesterday's manna wasn't good enough. I need something fresh today. That's why he said, give us this day our daily bread. He said, you need fresh bread every day. You need fresh oil every day. When you get that job, you're going to need fresh oil. When tomorrow comes, you're going to need a new anointing to face your tomorrow. When you add that baby to your family, you're going to need a new anointing. This new year requires a new anointing. You can't live off of yesterday's anointing. We got to wake up to a new anointing, a new anointing in our lives, a new anointing in our families, a new anointing for the church. We, we can't be stuck in the old, unable to progress. We got to say, you know what? I'm going to love the new more than I love the old. Because if not, we'll be more loyal to our past than we are to our future. God said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to move you somewhere and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke Isaiah 10 says that it's the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing what's the yoke it's it's obstacles in your life it's challenges in your life it's opposition in your life there's going to be new challenges and new yokes this year and that yoke is going to be destroyed because of the anointing but it wasn't enough just to be soaked in water and it wasn't enough just to be anointed in oil. But the last step of this renewal is the master had to get his hands on the wineskin. And he had to rub oil down into that dry, inflexible, brittle wineskin. And the last step is we need the master's touch. A new, fresh relationship with God. Come on. We need it. Listen, there's a reason that some of us have felt bored. There's a reason that some of us in the last couple of years have felt indifferent and have felt empty. There's a reason that, that there's been challenges in our life that has been crushing our faith and stealing our joy. We need to press into God like never before and say, God, I need your anointing. I need my mind to be renewed, but I need you to put your hands on my life. I need you to work the anointing into my life. I need you to, I need him to put his hands on my family. Come on. I need him to put his hands on my career. I need him to put his hands on my life. I need him to change me from the inside out. I feel like God's saying, you know, I, I'm in, he's inviting some people in this room to launch out into the deep. Enough of the shallow end. You can have fun and splash around in the shallow end. But, but Jesus, Jesus told this time, he said, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to launch out into the other side. Come on. There's a new level there. There's a new anointing there that you need in your life. And there, listen, there's a living, breathing relationship with God that he's wanting to cultivate in your life. A lot of times... We pray for the new. And then we're, we're spiritual touch-me-nots. Give me the new, but don't touch me. I want the next level. But don't touch me. I'll even soak in water. But don't touch me. I want some oil. But don't rub it in. 
But God's saying, for, listen, for transformation to happen in our lives, he said, I need, I need the mind to be renewed. I need to pour out the fresh oil. But you've got to come to a place of surrender where you say, God, put your hands on my life and shape me and mold me into what you want me to become. Team, if you'll join me. I love Isaiah 43. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out, like a wick. God reiterates over and over again, listen, the enemy is gone. It's gone. He says it four times. He says, listen, I've made a way through the wilderness. I've made a way through mighty waters. In case you didn't know, there's not highways in the middle of seas. God said, but I did that for you. I took care of the chariots. I took care of the horses. They're gone. But why do some of us continue to fight a battle that doesn't exist anymore? You can't continue to fight your past and fight ancient battles and have the strength to step into the now and the future that God has for you right now. He goes on in verse 18 to say, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. It's over, it's done. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's time to move beyond our past. It's time to quit fighting shadows and ghosts and set our face to the future and say, God, make me new again. Pour out the new wine into my life. Come on, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to receive. What is it that God's trying to do in your life today? You can't be who you're supposed to be and who you used to be at the same time. We've got to be more committed to our future than we are to our past. Come on, it's time to get unstuck, Life Church. Come on, let's move. Let's move, let's move, let's move. Listen, there's no going back to normal. We're moving towards better with God. What's next is always better. Would you stand to your feet?
Come on, if, if you're ready, if you're ready, say God. If you're saying, you know what, God, I'm ready for this. I want the new thing that you're doing. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to receive. Come on, Jesus, extend your hands right now. Put your hands up right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. 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 I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done in their life. But, Lord Jesus, I sense that you are calling us into the deep. You're calling us into something new. You have fresh wine for us. You have new wine for us. You have new levels for us. And, Father, in this moment right now, we release our past. We release our past battles. And we say, make us new again. Pour it out in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise right now. We're getting ready to respond to the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember some new season, new wineskin moments in my life. Pivotal seasonal shifts that God orchestrated. Change, Pastor Justin said it. Change is never easy, but change is essential to move into new, new dimensions in the spirit and to move to new levels in God, amen. I just gotta ask, how many of you are ready for a change in your life? Come on, somebody. How many of you are ready for a change in your life, amen? Hallelujah. Here's the deal. I, it reminds me of the image of the potter's wheel. The lump of clay. He talked about the master has to put his hands upon us. And if you've seen the image before of a master potter with the clay, he begins to mold it. He begins to shape it. Sometimes he takes it and he puts it and he just kind of smashes it back down onto the clay. And he pours what? Water. He soaks it in water. And then he begins to mold it and he begins to shape it. But you know what's pivotal to that entire process? The clay has to be on the wheel for the master to do his work. And so you know what I'm going to do right now? We're, I'm going to call you forward to the wheel. I want to know how many lumps of clay are ready to become a vessel of honor. How many of you are ready for a new anointing and a new season in your life? Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, till the day I die, I want God to do a new thing in my life. Every day, every come on, they're coming already. Amen. I want you to step out from where you are and begin to ask God, God, I'm ready for a new marriage. I'm ready for a new anointing. I'm ready for a new shift. I'm ready to begin a new season in my life. Whatever you want to do in me, God, I'm ready. Begin to cry out to God and say, God, do your work in me. Amen. Do it in me. Let's worship with the team as we begin to give God praise. I can do anything. Come on, that's right. Let him do it. I can do all things. God, you can do a new work in me today. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. Nothing is impossible. I'm ready for that change. I'm ready for that fresh anointing. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. Strongholds are broken. 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. We've got at least one that's getting ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. If there's anybody else that wants to be baptized, I want to encourage you to go to your right, to my left, over to the Dream Team room, and we're going to get ready for baptism. Amen. How many of you appreciate the word of the Lord that you heard from Pastor Justin today? Amen. Amen. God is good. 